Live. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Hockey Buzzcast on a Monday. Mike is um, up at an in undisclosed location near the Canadian border, um, near the Toronto or the, the Canadian American border. Sorry. Uh oh. Uh oh, you're glitching, Mike. So I'm safe. So you're safe here. Yeah, you are glitching a little bit, though. Yeah. No, you are glitching a bit. So that's, um, well, maybe log out, log in type thing, see what happens there. Um, yes. So, so we, are, so, and I, I just, I know, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. That I, I put Mike was on location, but in the chat room, I put Mike is on lactation, Oh, well. which was an accident. Didn't mean to do that. There was certainly um, no, no time where it was. That may have been true, but you know, still, I just think really? that, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying this is what, this is what I, I really, mean, we, we, we could interview your mom, but we haven't. Yeah, we're not going to go there. We're just we're just having a normal show today. I, I'm I'm just happy that the rumor chart is live, which is always an exciting time for me. Um, and because because a lot of work that goes into that, we can talk about that the rumor chart today. And I've got a really good Toronto Maple Leaf rumor that goes along with the rumor chart that I've been holding off on till the rumor chart launched. So, so I have one one quickie story. Okay. So I um, there's a particular hand cream now that works really well for me, right? Yeah. I've tried a bunch of <laughs> Sorry, that was my car starting. Okay. There you go. I tried a bunch of different stuff and it didn't work. And it turns out that Bed Bath and Body has something that actually works for me, right? Okay. Keeps my skin hydrated. So nice. I went to go in there today and hey, I know, first, let me start by saying most people do come here for this kind of advice. So right, that's, what that's what I figured. I know. So, so go on. Mm -hmm. I go in there for myself, not not for my wife or anything. And I see that they're having a sale, and now I could get like three times the amount that I bought last time for a dollar more. So great. I go and get it. Lo and behold, next to it was a bunch of testers and I totally destroyed the testers. Like I knocked them to the floor. There was like six of them. Nobody moves. Nobody who works there moves. Nobody did anything. So because I used to work in retail, I pick them all up. Right. I them back the right way, you know, and uh, you know, I, I say <laughs> to the register, hey, sorry for wiping out your display. And she was like, eh, I used to be like a, a regional manager. That would flip me out. I would have yeah, been like, picking it up for the person in 10 seconds. They didn't flinch. It's a different era now, man. It's a different era. People are nicer than they were when we were younger. This is this like usually, and, and you know, I was taught, you know, when we were growing up that, um, that you know that that the generations would get nastier and things would get people would get meaner in general. Like that's what you usually feel like. You know that's usually yeah, what yeah, happens. Yeah. And I honestly believe that people are nicer now than they were when we were kids. Um, and and in just in, I think in many ways they are because they're more transparent. And I think yeah. that adds a niceness where before people would act nice and still sort of like you know be nasty to you with through other people and you'd always right. they, they are not they. They are they are not nicer. They just don't care. That's what's right, well. You know, I'll take apathy over angriness. Um, I, I, I like it. I'm I'm fine with that. Okay. I mean, you know, that's where I'm going. You know, Mike, you're kind of still glitching. I'm sorry to say, but we have to kind of figure out maybe um maybe drive to a different place or something. I'm just, searching for Wi-Fi. Yeah, do that now. I'm gonna remove you from the stream temporarily because you're all over the place. All right. Okay. Here's, here we go. Um. Plus, I want people to be able to see my shoulders. You know, like that's now no one can ever see. You know, I, I do all this stuff. Like I have on the side here. Like I have my cool telescope here. Like no one ever gets to see this stuff because the screen is so thin. That's all that there. Anyway, anyway. All right. Um, Flamester <laughs> says in the chat room, "I'm never nice." I like that. That's cool. Um, <laughs> there you have it. Um, I wanted to talk about something really fast before I get into it. And I, then, then I'm going to do something that's going to mark the beginning of the show because I've been getting a lot of requests for this. I'm trying to figure out what that is, but I'm going to do something that'll help people when they, if they don't want to listen to the, to this beginning. Okay. So are you frozen too, Russ? No, I'm not. Okay, cool. You just were absolutely I'm amazed at what was being said on Twitter. You're absolutely um, stationary. I just had someone who's in flyer media tweet to me because I had talked about maybe Robert had getting showcased the other night. Yeah. And and Anthony Sanfilippo said, hey, no team's going to play a player just because another team might be interested. And I'm – that happens all the time. All the time. I mean, and it's not like – I mean, we're not talking about bringing up a player. No, just to – Like, who does not play. But if he, if he's if it's a choice between, like, if he's in or out of the lineup, 
Oh, you know, like one of these guys. It's like like right now, like Gossespierre. Oh, I said it was Robert didn't play against Calgary because I heard Calgary had interest in him. But um, but, but Calgary that, knows what he see. Calgary, that's that's a fair point. But I don't think Calgary was looking at Gossespierre. I think another team was looking at Robert Hag. And so what I had said on our show that we do on Sunday uh, off the post is that hey, right. I think the Flyers played Hag because he hadn't played in a while. I think they played him so teams could see him. Because he hadn't played in a while, and there yeah. wouldn't be any scouting report. So yeah. I, you know, I fundamentally disagree with that. I mean, it's it's. I think you can both be right because I mean, no one's ever yeah, going to admit. Both be right. Well, because no one's ever going to admit to that that that's what they're doing right. That's never going to be an admit, admission. I, right, Mike, we got you. Right, Holmes. Let's see. There you go. It looks better. It's a lot better, Mike. Thanks. All right. Well, I I, I had to hook no up the Wi-Fi. There you go. No one's ever going to admit this this rust. But you know, the fact of the matter is, there's. Players that you know are six and a half, one half dozen the other, honestly. And and in situations where if you've got if you're carrying seven or eight defensemen and you know somebody wants to see that particular defenseman, he's gonna and he's gonna play every couple of games or play two out of every four games or two out of every three games or whatever, you're gonna play him again in that game. You're gonna play him. We're gonna be there to watch him. So that's a, that's an issue. That, that you know, I don't think he's going anywhere though. Um, I don't know, we'll see, but I I don't I think, think Gossespear is. I think Gossespear they're trying to get right. I think Hag is a spare part right now, and if they could get something for him, they'd like to. Well, they're not yeah, going to trade. They're not going to trade. They're not going to trade Gostas right now because he's at his lowest value right That's now because true. he's playing badly. Right. Okay. So this has been hockey content, but I'm. It's okay. I'm going to start the show now, and we're going to get going. And tomorrow, I'm going to talk about my beef I have with people who have a beef about Mister Rogers because I'm really angry about what's been going on about. Okay. That. Because Mr. Rogers is a phenomenal. I took a picture of Mr. Rogers. He's a phenomenal person, and I, what's I happening? I mean, with the statue in in Pittsburgh. Just to be clear. <laughs> what's happening? That's very different. But what's happening? Right now? I know. I was kidding. I was what's kidding. happening right now is, is horrible. But right. I hugged it. I hugged the statue. I have a picture of me hugging the Mr. Rogers statue. There you go. Well, here's a, this. This is gonna, what I'm going to do here. This is gonna, I'm going and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to my go to me only here and just try to like create something like that. I like because I'm getting. I told somebody I would try to do this. Okay, the show is starting. This means the show is starting. When you okay. Oh boy. All right, there you go. All right, the show's starting. Ready? Hello, Hockey World. It's Monday, November 25th, 2019. I'm Michael Agello sitting outside a Panera. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. I feel like I'm on the Uncle Floyd show, but that's okay. <laughs> and I'm Eklund wearing my uh, Quebec Nordique shirt because long live Lenord. Um, and uh, we'll hopefully be back in the future, in the near future, I hope. That's got to be the next team that enters the NHL. And you're watching Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And thank you guys for filling in for me last week. Last week was a horrible week with my son, but things are a little bit better right now. That's so we're up and down, but I really appreciate it all. I get a lot of nice well wishes. I'm not going to get into the details of it. But at some point, I'm going to do something for the charity, for the the, the, the condition he has, for sure. So Because yeah. the people over at... Children's Hospital of Philadelphia are just phenomenal. Heck, and I don't want to squash your holiday hopes and dreams for Quebec team being the next team in, but Seattle's going to be the next team in. Anyhow, we can move to that. Yes, of course. Yeah, no, Quebec, Quebec is already in the league. It's just they're named something else right now. <laughs> oh, that's a good theory. I like that one. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, so here we go. Um, the, we have we have a lot to get into. It was a weekend of hockey, and I'm also we also launched the – the rumor chart, but we have a couple, um, couple suspensions to start with. Uh, first, uh, mm-hmm. I guess the latest one being, um, Alex Kerfoot, who was suspended for two games for boarding Colorado's Eric Johnson. Yeah. Well, let's, let's lump the two of them in together because in both instances, George Peros got him way wrong. Robert Bortuzzo deserved to get suspended for, at least five games and maybe more because he's done this before. He did. There's, there's a video out there where he did it to Brock Nelson. I don't know if he got suspended for I don't that think one. But, happened, though. Right, right. But, but, but he's been suspended before. He's a repeat offender for other things, and he gets suspended for four games, and Arvidsson's out for six weeks. That is criminal yeah. that he only got four games. Now, Kerfoot, Kerfoot hasn't been suspended once in his career. Um, it was a former teammate. He, you know, it was a, it was a check that was maybe 10, it was a cross check that was maybe 10 feet away from the boards. Johnson loses his balance and goes slamming into the boards. He did not get injured. He came back in the game and played the rest of the game and he gets two games. The department of player safety 
is off their rocker when it comes to suspensions because they're they were off on cur- they were off on Kerfoot and it probably should have been a fine and they're way off on Bertuzzo. Well, actually, Anthony Stewart said something interesting today because as a former player, I I believe in him with this and and I saw the the play, but I didn't see the close up like he did. And apparently, Bertuzzo looked at the ref and was like, "Really, you're calling that? If you're going to call that, I'm going to make it worth my while." Like he had that kind right. of look on. And then so he upped the ante on it, which he did right. in that other hit too. He got right. worse and worse and worse. So you know what I do? I make him play without a stick or I make him play yeah, without he, a stick because he can't he play cr- otherwise. He crossed, he cross-checked Arvidsson into the, into the net basically. And then you're right. Bertuzzo looked at the referee because he got a minor penalty for that and said, okay, if I'm going to get a minor, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my, my money's worth. Right. And he crossed and he cross-checked him with all of his weight in, in Arvidsson's lower back. And he's out four to six weeks. And that, I mean, into the, where he's going to hit metal there too. Yeah. But it was just, this is where the guy uses the stick as a weapon. It's been shown a couple of times online. You don't have to swing your stick to use it as a weapon. There are other ways to do it. And to you know, to me, it's like getting almost as bad as getting hit with like a billy club by a by a policeman. Like it probably feels it doesn't feel good. And I don't know why he only got four games. I don't get it. Like it's just we don't need these guys in the league. We really don't. Well, he okay. He got the ma- he got almost the maximum of what you could get for a phone hearing. So that, I don't know if that should be removed the the, the the designation between phone hearing and in person hearing. But honestly, if it, with it, they shirked their responsibility right away by not making that an in person hearing because it was it was serious enough and he was a repeat offender. And and you know not, I'm not defending Bortuzzo, but honestly, if he doesn't do that in terms of intimidating forwards coming to the front of the net, he's out of a job. He's got to be that type of defense. Because, right, right, right. But, but I'm saying he, I mean, Russ, that, that call for that, that suspension for him, it's almost worth his while because now, you know, it's like Radko Gudis. Who's going to go to the front of the net now when Bertuzzo's uh, on the ice? It's, it's, it's intimidation. It's deterrent. I don't agree with it. He should have been suspended more, but that's probably why he did it. Gudis isn't that dirty. He's not that. No, but that, but I'm saying for Bertuzzo, he basically it's worth the suspension because it's job security for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think, I mean, I've never been a big fan of his personally. Cause I, I think he, I remember the one hit would took out one of the um, predators in the playoffs one year, um, which was just a really dirty pit, dirty. I mean, he, he's good at making things not look dirty. Also, he's very good at, after a while, you're dirty. If you, if you hurt enough players, you know, like it might not look dirty all the time. I just looked it up. His last suspension that I could find was last September, three games for elbowing. Like if you got three for elbowing, you certainly could double yeah. this suspension. Yeah, yeah, this is it's it's a little bit. Yeah, I agree with that. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty shady. Um, I want to. I don't want to touch in all the people. By the way, and this is like a pet peeve I have right now. There's a lot of people piling on Mike Babcock out there. Um, I don't know if he's like like I see like you know I think I mean uh, Mitch Marner had something to say about it. Um, so it, it, then you know and then um also we had uh was it Zetterberg came out and said something about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like, to me, it's like, you know, I hate that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to get, well, into it. I think I, well, I, I, I'll, I'll only, I'll only say this. Um, it, you know, it became a social media storm last night when yeah. there was an inter- there was an, uh, a, a, a quote from a, an article from the, the Terry Koshan of the Toronto sun regarding, uh, something that happened with Babcock, um, uh, uh, with a rookie player a couple years ago that he basically asked him to do write something about other players on the team and he did and then he revealed it to the other players which i think is disgusting it's da- it's dastardly but it's i guess that's that you know that's some of the old trickery that babcock uses i don't agree with it i think that doesn't exactly develop a spree de corps on a roster that that's something that is used to undercut players and i'm not going to defend mike commodore because mike commodore is a sick prick uh, basically with the, with the stuff that he is posting online uh, and even to the point of posting a picture of babcock 
loading up uh, uh, stuff in his pickup truck, leaving his condo in Toronto. That has no place. I think that's just stupid. No, I'm, not, but, I'm not a big fan of what Commodore's doing there either. So, but but the but let me just finish this. But the criticism of Babcock and his methods of motivation and his things that he does, I think, a fair game in the sense that, I mean, he left. And we've heard the stories, and I'm not going to go into it, but we heard the stories of what he left in his wake in Detroit. Yeah. And now you're hearing similar things of what he left in his wake in Toronto. That doesn't mean that Toronto is automatically going to be a success because he's gone, because look at Detroit, what happened with Detroit. They were not a success after Babcock left. So I'm just saying that I think that some of the things that he does is not things that are conducive to the modern game and the modern player. And those are the, those are contributing factors to the reason he got fired. Well, Freeman reached out to, did you see this too? That just, this came out like 45 minutes ago that? Um, that Friedman reached out to Babcock about the Mitch Marner thing. And, and uh, he replied via text that I'm trying, I was trying to focus on work ethic with Mitch focusing on road models and up not being a good idea. I apologize at the time. Yeah. So uh, he admitted, so he admitted it. And, 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 so no. I, don't, I don't have a real. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's awful. I'm oh not, no, it's pretty awful. I mean, it's pretty bad. But at the same time, I I know this kind of stuff does occur a no, lot. No, but okay. But let's forget that this is a sports team, right? Let's right. say this is a business, and let's say you just hired a guy. He's two weeks in, and you say, "Hey, do me a favor. Tell me what you think of everybody. Put it out on paper." So he does. And yeah. then read it to everybody. Now that part of it is horrendous. I agree with you. Right. But I mean, but that's, you, you wouldn't do it in business. So why would you do it as a sports team? This is where it's bad for Mike Babcock to do this. And I'm really, I'm, I'm a little disappointed that we're finding out about it now that it was just, you know, buried this deep until now. Yeah, yeah, we all know that Mike Agello is the laziest blogger on Hockey Buzz. And I've had Mike write these things. And um, I wonder how <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, I mean, I, the, the, the only thing that we really have an issue with is him sharing it with everybody else, right? Like that's the issue. No, no, no. I have the issue with him critiquing. He is a rookie. Why in the world? That that's a, I don't think that that's a real big deal. Like I think. Deal. Why would you have a rookie critiquing basically his elders or professionals that have been there when he is a rookie that is fundamentally yeah. wrong? And your your mate and the the detail of the story is he met Marner put himself as the as the the lowest person on the list. Good for him, uh, but to do that. right, oh, but big, but but yeah. of course he would do that because just Babcock asking him to do that in the first place is is a hint that he believes that he is not trying hard enough. But then that you know it's one thing to to do that and be self critical. It's another thing to be critical of your teammates and then letting your teammates know. And to, I, I have to give. To the defense of Nazem Kadri and Tyler Bozak, they had a problem with what Babcock did because you put a 19-year-old, yeah, you put a 19-year-old kid in that position, and what the hell is he supposed to do? So you know what? I think that's that is weak. It is so weak. And if that is one contributing factor in terms of a number of things, then I can understand why he was fired. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that uh, we, you do have to wonder if this had anything to do with you know Marner. Keep being playing hardball too. Like, no, uh, I see. Uh, yeah, I, I I heard that theory that this is the reason why he asked for that. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not that's that's that, that's, but that's good. Yeah. This is the kind of this is why I hate this kind of stuff because it takes like it takes things. That's what's going to occur, right? It's going to drive everybody nuts and that kind of thing. Actually, what you don't again when when you like I've been in the corporate world, right? And if you've held a high enough position in the corporate world, and I was told this before I ever took a position where maybe these kinds of things would happen, I yeah. was. On more than one occasion, on the way out, you're gonna get killed. Just know that. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's that's and that's true. And so this is now what's going to happen for the next few weeks and months. And it's unfair to Babcock because it's like, you know what? You should have killed him while he was there. You don't. Yeah, but on the way out. But, well, but and and to you know, no, no, in no, terms no. of you know what it is. The reason I'm saying that is, I think mm -hmm. the fans are right in the sense that. If you want to give the impression that they're too easy on the Leafs at times, well, then this does give that impression. Like the, the writers let this go. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know about that. All I all I know is let, let's just say this: this will not hurt Mike Babcock one iota when it comes to getting another job. Of course, it won't. Doesn't yeah, this just right? Doesn't mean it's right, but this is this is stuff already already right but this but but act he's gonna get hired if not this year then then over the summer you know this is this is fodder this is fodder for the media and i i'm a member of it so less money to do that i mean i'm right now right now i don't i don't see him getting another i mean someone someone wrote up in the chat room is for seattle i don't i I, 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 I thought that before the story now i'm not sure i i will bet you i will bet you cookies zach he uh oh, we lost that. Uh, I I will bet you cookies um, that uh, that that Babcock will be a, a coach next year. It could be. I, I think he will. Na- Nash, you know, Nashville or Tampa, or you know, Nashville or Tampa or Minnesota or Winnipeg. It could, I could, there's a number of scenarios where I think he could be he could be hired as soon as this summer. He'll probably take the rest of the year off. There's intimations that you know he's going to do the same thing that Joel Quenville did and take the rest of the year off, go skiing and do whatever. Um, and and the other thing is that the Leafs the Leafs have right of first refusal refusal here. They can basically say, okay, you want permission to talk to to Babcock. And I think it was Elliot Friedman that said he's making close to $6 million. They can put a stipulation that, okay, you can talk to Babcock, but if you're hiring him, you're hiring him at 5.85 million. So we don't have to be on the, on the hook for the rest of his contract. That'll be the stipulation. And and Babcock's not going to do any scouting for them. Like that time that JFJ was sitting next to me in Philly shortly after he was fired that's what happens with a lot of GMs. A lot of them go back out on the road or scout or to, yeah. to fulfill the remainder of the contract. I think it's fair to say Babcock won't be doing anything for the Leafs. Yeah, and and I I was up in Toronto this morning. It was Sheldon Keefe's first practice uh, with the Leafs, and it was a lot different than just structurally a lot different than it was previously with, with Babcock, the normal practice was everybody would come out on the ice at the same time. They'd run through a, through a few, few drills. I mean, Keith is taking over in midstream here. He he had the defenseman practice in one, one pad. He had the forwards practice on the other. They came together halfway through the practice. They went through, ran through different drills. Um, I think you know there's going to be a lot of teaching going on because Keith's strategies are definitely different than uh, than uh, than Babcock's. And another thing, they called they recalled Michael Hutchinson. Uh, they sent Casimir Kaskasuo back down to uh, the Marlies. Uh, with a with a back to back coming up, so Cascasuo's one and only game in his NHL career may have, may have been the game that eventually got Mike Babcock fired because he was and it wasn't his fault, but that was the one game and oh, that the them, by the way the players didn't do anything. I think it's right. it it it, sh- it showed that there was no there was no there was nothing there was nothing there they figured that they would rally around a rookie who a lot of them played with and there was just no pulse there and basically i think it was it was a uh, it was an admission by that group that they had tuned him out and by the way the kid was really gracious like he's like oh i finally got to play in the nhl it's been a long yeah. ride yeah. he was totally gracious even though he was hung out to dry yeah. Yeah, he's a 26-year-old kid who who went to Minnesota Duluth, signed as a as a as a college free agent, has worked his way through the AHL. He earned the opportunity. He had a good start to the season and his teammates and his friends didn't show up for that game. So that was a commentary on on the Leafs and how they were playing at that point. Right. Yeah. All right. So Robin Leonard won the internet won the, won the internet for me last night. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. But um on Twitter, he now Robin Leonard has had a horrible career shootout record like mm-hmm. just like terrible like, that's been one of his problems for sure and they again they lost the game in a shootout yesterday uh the hawks did so he says um so, and, and he's getting all these people like you know calling in saying that he should do this do that so he says and then and of course people with robin leonard are going to say that he's not mentally tough enough to handle the shootout that's where people are going to go because he's had mental disease issues right so disgusting right which is disgusting so his response to this is that this I thought was awesome. He says, first, let's get this out of the way. It's not a mental problem. This is on Twitter because I don't feel any type of pressure anymore. Proven that with my performance in contract years and in countless insane situations, and I can still perform on the ice. So here we go. I want to hear from all the experts in the media on what my new shootout strategy should be. I'm all ears. The shootout is not hockey, so I got to learn this sport somehow. And hopefully one of the experts can help me as all my goalie coaches haven't been able to yet. 
Sabres fans would love to hear from your opinion as well. Don't be shy. Let's turn this thing around together. Happy Sunday. Yeah, and, then he and, said, and then he waits an hour and says, got any tips? Um, and then he's, and then like five hours later, he says, thanks for all the advice guys. I'll be sure I give you guys credit if I manage to win one in the future. God bless and good night. I'm, I'm sure Sabres fans would probably respond by sending him a liquid beverage for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and, and that's being caustic, but I'm just saying, you know, they don't call just the Sabres fans out for, for, you know, his, his, and this has been a failing of his going back to the Senator. So I, I, you know, I don't think, yeah, I, the I think thing that, that he did the, the, the lack of love he thought in Buffalo was pretty strong, you know, well, that's the, 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 the reason is, is because one day he looked like Terry Sawchuck and the next day he looked like Hardy Astrum. He was completely inconsistent. I mean, there was never, I mean, he, he was phenomenal with the Islanders and, you know, I'm very glad for him to have gotten his life straightened out. And I, I, I I'm, I'm sorry that he struggled because uh, the Buffalo organization at the time that he was there was a train wreck. It's a little bit better now, but I mean, the thing is, Leonard is a big goaltender and he's a shot blocker. I don't think he's a goalie in the sense of, you know, a guy like Cujo in the back in the day, you know, a reflex goalie. He's a, he's a shot blocker. And those guys, when you slow it down in a, in a shootout situation and you have a chance to take them to take them apart, they yeah. get taken apart. Well, I, yeah. I want to mention this. I think this is a trend now with players because Tony D'Angelo did something similar because there was a guy, and I won't name his name. If you see it online, that's great. Um, who posted a thing about Ryan Strom, and and he posted a graph and analytics that would tell you that Ryan Strom isn't great. And D'Angelo responded with, "I see these tweets all the time, and it's actually hilarious how people think that these charts are what everything should be based on." He put the laughing emoji. Strom has been one of our best players since being traded last year. Watch the games, and what's interesting is. Like last year, he had a ridiculous shooting percentage. I don't know if you remember, it was like 20% or something. But I knew he was going to get re-signed because he had a lot of goals, even strength. This year, he is playing like the Ryan Strom that we always thought he could be. And he's been playing second-line center, which, again, not an easy job. in the yeah, no, no. And One other thing about the Robin Leonard thing is he actually, like, he gets a lot of – he gets 137 replies to this, right? And then right. – replies to the replies Robin Leonard does, which is amazing on Twitter. Like do that as well. Like Robbie Shrimp <laughs> sends, yeah. him, sends him something. Says, if you come out and, a little and, further, and, it gives the shooter less to look at and causes and, them and, more stress. The deeper and you Robbie, are. And, 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 and Robbie, Robbie Shrimp was a, was a shootout specialist. Rack, I have to say, you have to bring, you have to bring your dog back because when Russ mentioned analytics, Oh, there was a yawn. It was a, it was a perfect, perfect, perfect thing. It was a perfect yeah, yawn. Yeah. And I and I and I give Tony D'Angelo complete and complete credit for going to bat at bat with for his teammate. You know what? What he's saying is, blank, you know, bleep analytics. And that you know, yeah. the, I, yeah. I think a lot of players. Think that. Michael Jello's views and Panda's views don't represent the views of the show. I want like Panda. That. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I know. Now the do yeah, the, this dog definitely believes in old school hockey that you got to watch a player to understand if he's any good, right? Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> um, someone wrote like you know the tomahawk chop chop. They just recommended him running full steam at the player coming to shoot on the shootout, which I that I love that idea. That would be great. I mean, when you do that, it can be done, right? Yeah, if you do that with someone like McDavid or. Or McKinnon, they're going to go around you. Oh, they're going to go around there you. Are of some players because the ice isn't great at the end of the game that could lose the puck. Can I, can I tell you one of my um, worst moments in, in playing sports? I'm going to a brief story here as a child. Do you have enough time? Uh, yes. Thanks. I appreciate it, Russ. It's not that long of a story. I, I was known for taking a lot of penalties as a goalie. Okay. I was definitely not like, I was, you know, I, I wanted to be Pelly Limerick, but I was actually more like Billy Smith as a goalie because um, I had a little bit of a temper. And I, uh, you know, uh, so, so, so that, so that's, that's why Eric, that's why Eric, uh, has a mouse under his eye from you, butt ending him in the, in the face. No, because Eric was always on my team and, you know, truth <laughs> told, Eric never, Eric and I had this thing that we did all the time that he could never score three out of 10, out of 10 breakaways on me and shootouts. And he has never has till this day. So, um, I, <laughs> he might disagree, but I don't think he ever has. Um, but I got really pissed off one time and the guy, th this team we're playing, they were so far ahead of us. And they were just running up the score, and it was a rotten game. 
And a guy came in on the breakaway and I literally did that. I came, I, I, as he was in the breakaway, I took my stick and I held it out to my side, like, you know, and held it up in the air as he headed towards me. And I, I never swung it at him, but I, I was, a, I went back, like, I'm about to swing it at you if you get close to me. He shot it off my pad and I, uh, and then I went like this and I almost hit him, but I didn't. That was, that, that was like one of those moments that, you know, everybody well, was like, David Riddich of Calgary has a little bit of a temper because he was a little testing the locker room with uh, a reporter, not the media, not with the rest of the media. But in the game, I don't know if you saw this, but Farabee was was like in his kitchen, and I don't remember what the circumstances were. I don't know if it was a power play. I don't remember if it was just before the whistle, after a whistle, and he like was he touched Riddich's stick, and Riddich like moved his stick so he'd get his hand off him and just gave him like a love tap on the hand with the stick, like basically say, stay away rookie, because otherwise I'm going to get you with this. And it was interesting because that is a normal goalie reaction. Like, I don't think that there's anything crazy about that. <laughs> it's really, no, I don't think so either. Um, yeah, remember guys, when you're a goalie, yeah, yeah. guys are shooting the puck as hard as they can at you. Sometimes yeah. shooting at your head on purpose. Yeah. Sometimes they're, when they're trying, and I'll tell you what I, what I see that, pisses off the po the goalies more than anything are guys when the whistle is blown that are still trying to jam the puck in the net. That seems to really get under the skin. And I don't yeah. blame goalies for that. And it's it's one of those days, you know, there's like there, there's that. I mean, there's the there's the tapping the puck into the net after the whistle. That's a big right. one. Um, yeah. you know, and, and it's funny because that happens all the time in soccer. Like when I coach soccer, okay. Um, I coach girls soccer and they always and my daughter is a goalie in soccer and has but has spent more time watching professional hockey than she has professional soccer. So when someone does tap the ball into the net, I've seen my daughter go after them. <laughs> um, and that's like something that no, no one knows what to make of that in soccer. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, you just don't do that. You know? You right. Because it's Actually, your I, 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 it. I was kind of impressed with him in that game. Um, well, there, was, there was a reason to be impressed. I'll tell you what the biggest reason was. I, I know people wanted to give Farabee credit for the play behind the net, but Riddich came clean and said, look, I goofed yeah. on that. I thought yeah, was. was over there. He wasn't. That's all on me. So right. it wasn't that Farabee knocked away the puck. He didn't. But the fact that he didn't crumble after that and made spectacular saves and kept them in the game and was great in the shootout. And then on the final shootout attempt when he gloved that, you could tell that was like cathartic. It was very cathartic. And I, I just thought the first half of that game, he was outstanding. And I thought he did. Right. And, you know, he, he was not only outstanding, but he was just really what I like about him is he's an aggressive goalie, you know, like he's actually out on his angle. He's out pushing out and he's and way more aggressive than 99% of the goalies in the NHL. That's um, true. you know, I'm, I'm not a fan of this like concept of, uh, of, of just letting the puck hit you. I am a more of a fan of the personally, I'm the fan of goalies that make saves. Like that was the, I remember my Brian Perron interview was my, one of my favorite moments of my life. And I interviewed him and he, I said, what's the difference between goalies now and then? And he said, we made saves and now the goalies make the puck hit them. And that is absolutely true. And I still think that, you know, to me, that is something that I'm still a, a big fan of like the goalies who do make saves, um, you know, and that, you know, obviously got to be in good position, but um, that's why like a guy like Leonard, I'm never a huge fan of because, you know, and I'll say the same for like Halibut, you know, who's like another, you know, good goalie, another good goalie. I'm not a big fan of, but I am, a, you know, Riddick I, I, I've been Riddick. this year. If last year wasn't good enough for you, I mean, this year is even better. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. And, 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 I'm coming around. Believe me, I'm. I, it's like you know, and and I love this kind of stuff too because you know that when you find this kind of stuff, this is why social media can be really good. You know, for Robert, like, for Robin Leonard, like I'm reading this, I'm like, you know, I can't rip on this guy. You know, this is like this guy's like he's it's awesome. He's um. Someone says to him, you know, uh, that you should pretend the sport is a pretend it's a breakaway, and you stop the, and you just stop the puck from going in. Somebody throws that idiot in idiot comment in there, right? And he responds to it. He's like. That's funny, but yeah, my game is actually about eighty percent about reading the play as it's developing, and I can't read the shootout. And he like responds to that like very honestly and openly, like kind of crazy. Um, I, yeah, I, just get get the get the other team to use Robert Bertuzzo in the shootout, and you have a chance. Yeah, <laughs> you might have. I mean, you know, and then of course Chris Stewart, who's yet to yet to take a shootout for the Flyers, right? Despite the fact he was even though he's just, yeah, yes. he's a specialist. They're signing like, yeah, we'll get it. We'll, all the point, extra points we'll get for him. Not happening. Um, all right. Other let's talk some rumors. Let's let's get into some rumors. And I want by doing that, I want to get into that. I'm going to I'm going to go into the rumor chart here on Hockey Buzz. And 
And a real quick explanation about the rumor chart, which I always have to do. This is a one-time explanation. I will not explain it again, so listen carefully. Um, <laughs> the rumor chart versus my rumor blogs, there's a difference, okay? Rumor blogs are, I get, in, I get, some source tells me something and I write it, okay? And I know, like you guys will all point out quickly, and rightfully so, like, oh, there's no way that could happen. Mike will be the first to say, there's, that could never happen. Um, there's no way, you know, Babcock could be fired next week. It's not possible that this could happen. So, you know, and I say, I don't think so either because it makes no sense to me either, but I heard it. So I write about it. And that's what it, that, so, and I, I try to put myself, I try to just let, I try to just be a literal reporter where I'm just reporting what I'm hearing and not editing it. Because a couple of times I have edited where things are getting crazy, like Gar Snow being hired as GM. I had that story 25 minutes before it happened, but I couldn't believe it was true. Someone told me about it. I'm like, no, I can't even, I can't write that. I can't write, write Gar Snow is going to be the new GM of the New York Islanders. So I, since that, that was the last time I think I've ever just said no. I, I'm now if I, if I if I trust the source, I go with it. That's the rumor. That's my rumor blogs. The rumor chart, though, however, is where I take sort of more of my logic and stuff I'm hearing kind of off the record and just little chatter that I'm hearing and and try to put together my personal speculation as to where I think this player could end up. So that's the rumor chart. Very different than the rumor blog. All right. So the rumor blog is for you. Rumor charts. Rumor, rumor blog is just like you decide. Rumor chart is oh, this is what I think. You can tell me what you think. If you think that's wrong. All right. So uh, the rumor chart launched 20 players right now, which is pretty good because this is like, this is a kind of a year that feels like, you know, right now it feels like it's going to be a light trade rumor thing. I feel like it's going to be a light draft, like a light trade deadline because there's not a lot of top name guys out there. There's not a lot of like these UFAs on teams that are terrible that you normally, normally would hope for. Um, There'll be trades made before the deadline. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think well, – this 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 year we'll have a lot more interesting and non expected trades. You'll have a lot of trades that no one, you know, Bob McKenzie or Elliot Freeman or no one sees coming. That they're going to have a lot of that this year. Well, there there might be hockey deals because those will be you know money in money out situations, and there are a lot of teams that are close to the cap, and they're going to need right. those types of deals are going to need to be made. But I I would disagree slightly. Act that they're I mean, if you look at the rosters of teams like Detroit and Ottawa, they're strewn with UFAs. I mean, Pajot is gonna yeah. is probably gonna get dealt. Uh, you know, guys guys like guys like Hainsey, guy uh, you know UFAs that they they signed. I think they signed them for a year and then they're gonna deal them at the deadline if they don't have any uh, no trade protection. I also think guys like if Mike if Mike Green could actually stay healthy, he's on the IR again. That's he'll get back. traded from Detroit. Back. He's about to come back. Yeah, um, now I left. This is pretty 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 funny because I've been writing about Pajot rumors, but I left him off this chart for now. Um, and the reason being that I talked to somebody in Ottawa right before I did it because I went and bought, like you say, a bunch of players in Ottawa. So I wanted to get their feel for it. And he said they really think that he's going to sign again very soon. So I said, okay. It, they said if he signs again, it'll be within the next week or so. Leave it off the chart for a week. If after a week he hasn't signed, then then you know that it, whatever's going on now didn't happen. And then maybe it's then he maybe ends up on the rumor chart. So that's why I don't have this much. Just from what I see out there, there's definitely four teams that are willing to make a deal. Philly. Buffalo, Calgary, and Tampa yeah. seem to all be willing to make deals. Yeah. Well, well yeah, I was going to say, but, you know, Jason Botterill came out last week, actually held a press conference in the press box, said that they were looking for forwards. So I would be on the lookout for Buffalo doing something, yeah. anything uh, that would bring them a forward. They called up Jean-Sebastian D. Uh, uh oh. Oh, okay. I thought we lost it for a second. No, no, no. Um, you know, they 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 called up Jean Jean Sebastian D because Evan Rodriguez got hurt. So I mean, they were they were down to ten. They were playing eleven forwards and seven defensemen against Florida yesterday, and they were actually down to ten forwards. So the need for a to add a forward, and they have nine defensemen healthy, and Bogosian's about to come back. So, I mean that that that's a situation where I think Buffalo is going to need to make a move. Um. Yeah. I, and I, I haven't seen the, the, the chart act, but I'll, yeah. I'll just tell you that on the weekend, and I wrote about it a little bit yesterday, uh, Chris Johnston from Sportsnet reported that Doug Armstrong, the St. Louis GM, was um, at the Leafs-Avs game, and it's like the second time he has been at a Leaf game in recent weeks. The Leafs and the Blues have been attached to rumors with, to make a big trade since last year when, they, when the Blues were on the verge of selling guys like Tarasenko and Peter Angelo before they had their, their second half renaissance and then their run to the cup. They're in first place right now, so I don't think that's the motivation. But if they believe they don't have any chance to sign Peter Angelo, and they've already signed Justin Falk, 
I mean, I wouldn't do it if I were them because I think they have a legitimate chance to win the second cup in a row. But maybe yeah. they're open to trading Pietrangelo. I, I, I'd be skeptical, but I, that's not out of the realm of possibility. Okay, so let me get into this for a bit. And I, I don't have Pietrangelo in here yet either. Um, uh, so first of all, I have to adjust the fact that I have 3,242 new private messages. That literally is in the – I do the, I emptied out that every week. So that is <laughs> that's what I get on there. So just so you guys know. I'm sorry about that, but I do empty that out. Um, and I do get to them. I do spend like an entire night going through them as fast as I possibly can. But here we go. So let's go through. <laughs> so the, I'm going to start with Tyler Toffoli, who is a and they, and I'm going to give you guys now. Obviously, if if you pay for the rumor chart, you get the whole rumor chart. It's only twenty bucks a year. We really appreciate it. We all can keep eating food if you do that. That's great. Um, Three ninety nine a month. It's fantastic. But for the for you guys, for the sake of the chat, the chat and all those on the podcast, we really appreciate you guys. I'm going to give you like four or five names here that are for free for today. So this, but these change every day. All right. So Tyler Toffoli. Um, the Bruins thing is, is, is for real. Like that's something that's been out there a lot. It's, it's definitely really true. It's not something that, you know, is being made up or anything like that. Um, but I don't think many people have had the Islanders connected with him as, and I have heard a lot of that and, and it does make some sense. Um, if Lou's got, a, he's got about $5 million to spend, you know, and he wants to get a player. I was told like last year, you remember he didn't really go out and do much. And the reasoning for that was he didn't want to mess up the chemistry of the team. Uh, because they were on what seemed like an improbable, you know, never again run. And yet here they are again. Right. And I think this year he's looking at it like, okay, Tyler Toffoli is like, is the perfect guy you can get. He can fill in that spot that you need a little bit of more scoring up front. And he also, but he also brings you a bunch of Stanley cups. You know, he brings you that experience, which the Islanders don't have. And for Lamarillo, that's an important thing. Um, and I think that that also goes to why the predators are interested. Go ahead, Russ. No, I could see that. What I don't see is him going to Boston, and I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. Because you have the experience, guys, and really <clears throat> you're bringing in a slower version of Ryan Donato. Maybe he's a little better scorer right this moment, Toffoli, but you are bringing in the same player. Yeah. Right? yeah, Yes, yes, but in, in, a, in a situation where he's a rental and that he doesn't have term on his contract like Coyle did last year, if you get, get – slower. Do they want to get slower? No, but I think – well, I mean, I think that they're still looking for that top six winger. That's what they're looking um, for. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that, that this is a stopgap addressing of it. I mean, I mean, I think they would rather pay a third-round pick or something like that for Toffoli than spending what they would have to to get an actual real top six winger. Yeah, I mean, he talked them a lot, so if we're getting to that, yeah. I actually think it's yeah, going to be more than a third-round pick, which is probably No, crazy. no, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just using that as an example. I'm sure that yeah. they, when there's a bidding war – and I, I would put Buffalo on that list because Toffoli and Buffalo have been attached to the in terms of rumors for easily yeah. two years, maybe longer, I and that tried. sort of fits – people up there i tried i could not get yeah. any more to going with that right now i have heard the rumors too though mike so it's it's it is very possible he will end up on this list i just haven't found the person yet you know okay. like i haven't found the right i haven't found anybody to tell me that yet uh going to taylor hall um this is a really interesting one because i don't think he's going back to new jersey in any way shape or form from talking to people um i think that he is if, if john Tavares was like you know if john Tavares had any idea he wasn't going to go back to the islanders hall has 10 times that um about not going back to New Jersey for whatever reason, you know, I don't, I think he just doesn't want to be there. I think he, I think the biggest thing for Taylor Hall is he, he loved it in Edmonton when he was there. And when he was traded, that hurt him a lot. He hated it. And he wants to go, he wants to pick where he plays. He's like, I, I'm, I'm, you know, and that's nothing against New Jersey. I just think he wants to play. I think he wants to play in Canada. Honestly, I think he does want to play in Canada, but I also think that he, and I think Calgary is a definite place where he could go. Um, well, uh, I'll Calgary, say, if you remember, right. Uh, he is actually yeah. from the Calgary area. I'll, I'll say on that list, the one and Kevin, when we had Kevin on the show last week, he did say he had heard a lot of Colorado rumors were, yeah. regarding Taylor Hall. And yeah. that could be the, that could be the cherry on top of the Sunday when, when Ranton and Landis God come back with that defense, if they add a hall to that yeah. to have him play on a second line, that would be incredible. Uh, again, yeah. not to, not, not everything is centered on Buffalo, but oh, yeah. There, there have been, there have been, there has been some speculation based on Kruger's history with Hall in Edmonton that mm -hmm. the Sabers might be interested. And now, if they're not in the playoff race, which right now they're not, then they're not going to waste young assets to bring in Halls and rental. But maybe in the summer that the Buffalo would be a potential destination for Hall because of his relationship with Kruger while back in Edmonton. 
I could see that. I mean, yeah. he wouldn't be the savior type because Eichel's the guy. So that's good because I feel like yeah. if he accepts a trade to Calgary, they're going to look at him to fix all the ills. And I don't think he's going to want to do that. I yeah, they'll put they'll, they'll, they'll put like that kind of stuff like that. Is that don't, don't, he does anymore. Uh, they'll I mean, put him on they'll they'll put him on the left wing with Goudreau and and Monahan. That's what they'll do, Russ. Yeah, I, I, mean, mean, I mean, again, and if they don't make the playoffs, they'll be like, well, that was a waste of time and a waste. And of I, I do think this though. I think that you know, first of all, I give Shiro some credit. I think Yuri Shiro is a, actually a very good GM. So I think that what's going to end up happening here with Shiro, which is kind of interesting is that he will be, if he hasn't already, and he may have already, um, I couldn't get anyone to say that he had, give teams the ability to talk to Hall, you know, about. I don't think he's done that yet. I would agree. I don't think he's done that yet, but we won't, we wouldn't know because Shira no. is very good. Shira is very good at keeping things under wraps. Yeah, but. That was with a team like, say, the National Predators, where Shira yeah, but we have, are, so, are so tight to each other. That we that, have to be, we have to, we have to be careful with that because does anybody really feel, because remember, Taylor Hall's agent is Darren Ferris. Do we really think that Taylor Hall is going to sign a contract in season or he's just going to, he's just going to agree to a deal based. I don't think he has any, any, no, any no trade protection. He's, he's going to say, okay, I'll think about it in terms of talking to another team, but that, that's not worth anything. This, no, this, is, this is only, I'm no, you're you're hundred percent right, Mike, but if it's the team, if it's where he wants to go, yeah, if it's the one team he's targeted, sure. Right, then yes. I mean, so this means to me the thing is if, if they can if they find out like if he says I want to go to Calgary, I'll talk extension with Calgary because Taylor Hall is not having the best of seasons, you know, like and let's like well, the whole team isn't. I know I think I think that for the most part he'll be forgiven for that, but I don't think you know when he goes to when he goes to negotiate a contract, because he's gonna be a, the biggest fish out there. But there's but there's no question I think that he the Colorado is a great short term, like, okay, I'm just gonna go there for the rest of the year because they have the money and they can do it and they can make it happen. But but I think that they're, what they're what I mean, New Jersey and, has to ask for a ton here, right? Yeah, and 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 and, and Hall will put up monstrous numbers with the Avs. He there's will. No, there's no choice about that. Moving on to Mike Hoffman for a second. Um, Wait, I want to give you a fun trade. This will never happen. But imagine if the Devils offered up Taylor Hall and one of their top prospects to Dallas for Tyler Sagan. What kind of headlines would we see in that? Can you imagine? I know. That would be unbelievable. That would be something. Um, I, I, Taylor, you know, Tyler, Taylor, Tyler. I know those guys. Those guys. That was a, that was a fun year covering both of those it guys. Was a fun year. Um, all right, Mike Hoffman. Um, you know the interesting thing about the Florida Panthers. It, you know, because I'm I'm also doing the ne the next articles I'm going to be doing are on each division and what teams need. Interesting about the Florida Panthers is that they are the third worst defensive team in the NHL right now. Yeah, it's an astonishing thing. Really, they don't have a lot. I mean, they don't. They, they don't. They don't. And they at the same. And you know, yet they remember this is the team that went and signed Bobrovsky. This right. is like this is a big team, right? So this is the third worst defensive team in the NHL. They are going to use him to make to to try to get a big defenseman in. Obviously, that's what they want to do. Um, and Hoffman, I just think they just know he's not, he doesn't want to resign there. And they've been trying for two years to move him because he's, he's, he's such a talented player. Why would you be moving him if otherwise? Right. I mean, and this feels like almost like not like not, not stone, but close, you know, to like, I mean, he's not as good as stone, obviously, but he's, he, I think of Hoffman and stone because they're both Ottawa senators. I think of them together a lot, but you know, Hoffman's pretty good. Um, and the interesting team that I found on this one, again, you have the Islanders again, but in that situation, which is tricky, I would be well, really. Right. Why don't you say why the Islanders would be tricky? Because Quenville probably doesn't want anything to do with Nick Letty. And that's probably the guy that would get that's on. Probably, yeah, yeah, that's probably it. It's just trading within. If you're Florida, do you, tr do you trade within your, within your conference? Like I, I don't think Taylor Hall is going to be the reason I don't say Buffalo. I don't think Taylor Hall is going to be traded anywhere in. He might sign with Buffalo next year, but I don't think he's getting traded anywhere within the conference. Um, you know, but no, I agree. With you're, that. Pro you're probably, you're probably right. Yeah. But Hoffman, you know, um, you know, Hoffman, I did hear, you know, the Islanders and the Buffalo Sabres connected to. So maybe the Florida Panthers are a little bit more willing to do that. But the team that is really interesting is Chicago, who is a team that's coming on as of late. But who are they going to give up as a defenseman? They don't have any. Really good question. You know, like, and again, like, I don't. Duncan Keith. Oh my God. If they did that. It would be under so much fire. They again, really like again, you know, Rush, you and your logic, you know, because I agree with you. 
But at the same time, like like I wrote in my blog, logic is only logic only works if you have every factor in front of you, and we only have like a few factors because we don't know everything about these players. Yeah, well, remember, now, remember, the next, thing, the next one's a big one. The next one's a big one, which I wanted to get Mike's opinion on because you haven't seen the rumor chart, and okay. that would be Ryan Miller. Okay, who we know Ryan Miller's in California. He has a model esque mm -hmm. wife out there. He's very happy with one point two five million dollar salary cap hit, mm -hmm. which is really right. playing amazing. Mm -hmm. But also at the, at the at the heart of it, you know, from being in Buffalo, Ryan Miller is a competitor and wants sure. to play and wants a chance to win a Stanley Cup, and he's not going to get it in Anaheim this year. Right. So here you have this, 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 this is this this is why I have the Toronto Maple Leafs at twenty five percent for Ryan Miller, and I think if all the backups you could get, like, and I talked to somebody about this in Toronto today who said that that this wasn't out impossible because I said, am I wrong about this? Like I, somebody told me this a long time ago and I wrote it off completely. Cause I'm like, I thought Anaheim would be in it and Anaheim still is, could be in it, but they could fall out of it as well. If they fall out of it, Ryan Miller is a great ship for them to trade. Well, you're, you're not wrong, but, the, and I, I'm not looking at uh, cap central or cap friendly, but I know that there's some no trade or no move provisions in his contract otherwise he wasn't going to sign it because the reason he went to anaheim was basically because his wife works in in yeah. the entertainment business um i i don't know if, if you're talking about february and him basically signing on for three or four That's months it. maybe it's maybe it's possible but i think that the leafs need is right now in in uh, in backup as a backup they're gonna they're gonna look at and see if hutchinson can play better you know since they called him up today i mean th this is the best of i mean I mean, I know that uh, the, the names that came out uh, last week were guys like Casey DeSmith and uh, and Tristan Jerry. And I'm like, okay, Pittsburgh is not trading those guys because Matt Murray gets hurt all the time. Right. And, you know, Tristan Jerry, I mean, they, DeSmith is in, in Scranton. He cleared waivers. His, he's assigned for another couple of years. Jerry is making less than league minimum right now because he was on a, an extension. Up ass off he really is. and and, and yeah, jerry yeah. is a jerry is a good jerry is a goaltender that i could see a team that doesn't have a future number one making a trade for because they think he can be a number one oh, so I they're not gonna seattle. i think he's gonna i think he's gonna seattle's gonna grab him because i don't think the, well, depends well no ross i i think they're i think pittsburgh is going to trade him before that because they don't want to lose him in expansion they're gonna get they can get at least get a second round pick and maybe something even more than that for a guy who might be a starting goaltender for somebody else it depends maybe better to lose him than somebody else because you knew you wouldn't be able to hold on to jerry anyhow it all depends yeah i mean so i i just i think that I mean, I've talked to two people who say it's possible that Ryan Miller could end up in Toronto. I mean, things would have to happen in certain ways, obviously. Right. But of all the backups out there, you've got a guy who who can still play, who is who yes. has in the, who has won in the playoffs, who can who can you know not a Stanley Cup, but has had has been proven to be a big game performer. And it would mm -hmm. be ironic, of course, for Buffalo Sabres fans to have Ryan Miller in Toronto, but. Well, it'd be ironic. It feels, like it'd be ironic. Story, it feels like the way things go in hockey, like in some way, shape, or form. Like it feels it like be, Ryan Miller will. This is like a destiny thing. It, it, feels, it, it would. It, it it would be ironic because Ryan Miller's career record versus Toronto. It's the team he had the best record against. He's been a leaf killer for his yeah. entire career. Now, of course, you put you know think negatively. He could be a leaf killer if he comes to Toronto and plays like crap. That would be a leaf killer. But he's he's still a great goaltender. He's older. He can't play the number of games that he that he yeah. can anymore but he would be the guy and and i'm telling you right now the leafs have to find some way to keep frederick anderson under 60 games he played he he got them the two points against colorado on saturday they they, they took a 4-1 lead and they sat back yeah. and you know i don't know if the altitude got to him or whatever but Anderson was the only reason they held on for that for that victory uh, yeah. on Saturday. And but the thing is, you cannot keep playing. He played all like every game of the of the ro road trip except the one that Cascasuo played on Saturday. They need to win with their backup goalie. So at, eventually, some uh, Dubas is going to do something. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to go through some other players real fast, just like that, that are on the rumor chart, and just like quick thoughts about them, um, and we'll just in rapid form. But Kyle Turris, who's been scratched now a bunch of games in Nashville, immovable. 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 Okay, there's a couple, there's a, there are similar contract. Right, right. There are three players on this that are immovable. Okay, and I'll tell you, that, and I'll, I'll admit they're immovable. However, I started to hear what people call the Sergey Makarov thing, which is like oh, funny yeah, because yeah. you go back to that <laughs> system of like, okay, the the Predators give you Kyle Torres a first round draft pick and something else, 
And Malakoff, not Malakoff. The Vlad Vladimir Malakoff. Malakoff, yep. sorry. Yeah, Vladimir Malakoff, sorry. And uh, yeah, that's the way that that's the way Ryan Miller happens. That's the only way Jack Johnson happens. Okay, those are the two that I and then and and you know those are the two. And then Mike Quick's on here too. I mean, Jonathan Quick's on here Jonathan. too. I always call him Mike Quick. Always call him Mike Quick. Jonathan Quick's on here too. But that's like for Jonathan Quick to get traded, there would you know there would have to be a serious butterfly effect in you know in China somewhere. But I think that this is like because the Kings won't give up a pick to trade him. They won't. They won't. Um, I also have Julius Honka, who is playing in Finland um, right now, obviously. Um, but there are, and he's got to be traded by December first, similar to Jesse Pujarvi. Both are in Finland, um, but both have a little bit of interest in it. Um, Pujarvi only really Honka not nearly. Honk is hard to find any specific team, so I only put like Dallas Stars twenty percent. Honestly, honestly, why why hasn't there been talk of a Pajarvi for Honka deal? Because that would help both teams. It might not be bad. I honestly don't know if Honka will get traded. Yeah, I don't. I only have a twenty percent that he that he plays in the NHL at all this year. So that's that, and that's that's probably really high. Teams Um, will give a last minute effort. To Pajarvi, but it'll be up to Ken Holland to see if he's going to do it or not. I really think Pajarvi only has one team, and that's Montreal. And I, I've I've looked everywhere, and Pajarvi the only team that the only team that that he would actually want to go to to, and he really wants to go there. There's a bunch of guys on that team that are friends of his that are pulling for him to go there. There is some pressure gapping there that that they could say, hey, we could get this guy for nothing. Uh, then Jack Roslovic is another guy I have on here. Um, really, I, I'm surprised that they trade him. Yeah, I am too, but. It, Chevy really likes him. That's why I'm surprised. Is Brian is Brian is Brian Little still out injured? Because if he is, I can't see them trading Roslovic. No, that, he wouldn't think so either. But there's still some. I've I've heard there's. I I know Chevy likes him, but I've heard some other. I've heard both sides of that actually. There's there's more to that. Um, I can't get into. But Rasmus Ristolainen is on this list too, even though, you know, things are getting better in Buffalo. Well, the 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 Ristolainen um, chatter started picking up last week again not because he's not playing well but because they're just i mean right now the sabers are just where they were last year they're not they're not performing very well the only guys are scoring goals are eichel skinner and reinhardt with the an occasional power play goal by victor olison their defense is loaded and they need they need forwards. They're just not deep enough up front. So you know you're not going to get a, a, a top six forward for Marco Scandella. You might get it for 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 a guy like Ristolainen. You probably get two pieces for Ristolainen. Um, they have depth on the right side, so yeah. it would make sense. And Bogo, you know, but we know Bogosian will come back and he'll get hurt in three weeks. Right. But you know, more than likely, you know, guys like my, they've been scratching Colin Miller. Uh, and as a healthy scratch, and he hasn't earned that in terms of bad play. It's just been a numbers game. I think Montour played as a forward recently again, right? Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, yeah. That's true. John Gilmore played as a forward. Um, Chris Kreider's on the list too, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think Kreider's going to get traded. I no? think they're going to work out a deal. I I don't get the feeling he'll be traded. I think he's too important in the locker room. There's nobody to hand over the uh, the captaincy to. I think uh, Jeff Gordon's a guy who originally scouted and drafted, scouted him in Boston, drafted him in, in New York. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. I think I say Jack Johnson, but again, that's, that, that's going to have to be special circumstances there. That has to be the same kind of situation. I mean, you're talking about maybe a team like Detroit who takes a first round draft pick and a second round, you know what I mean? And to, to carry a Jack Johnson's contract for next year. Jimmy Howard um, is another name. Uh, and here's another goalie, obviously. The name I hear with him is uh, is the Colorado Avalanche. And I think the Colorado Avalanche have to make a goal, make move for goalie. And I think Jimmy Howard is probably the right goalie for them to get. That's a good, pick. That's a good fit because he probably has spent a fair amount of time in that area just w- with the U.S. team and everything back in the right. day. The if, if weird not- thing about that is to think about those two teams making a trade because of when I grew up is still kind of funky. Mm. But I think, if, that, if I think not, that's gone away. I don't think that. If not, if if not Jimmy Howard, I, I I still think that the perfect fit for Colorado, if any, I think he's still viable because I saw him play last week and he played really well. Is Craig Anderson? And he also, I also have him on the list. He also, I also have him with linked with Colorado, also linked with Calgary. Craig Anderson, I was told, which is um, you know, another name that I think you could see, you could see happening there as well. I have um, I have Jonathan Duran on this list. Well. I mean, he's out for two months now. So yeah, that's two months right now. So that's, yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, if he come, still, 
Yeah. The, the team there is Colorado as well. And that's like another team. And that, and that, well, that's, that, that, that's the natural Nathan right. McKinnon connection, right. which, you know, until, until he, that'll, if he never goes to Colorado, if he's 35 years old, you'll still hear Nathan McKinnon, Drew and Drew. You always will. I know. And he's got to yeah. feel like you got to play him together eventually, see if Drew really is what they thought he could be. Um, Goss I have on this list. And, um, there I've heard Florida's name mentioned, um, and I think that that makes some sense. That's that's obvious because he's from there, yeah. He's from there, but not just that, but there's also Philadelphia people down there um, in that organization who like him a lot. And you and you you could you could make the comparisons in terms of style of play between him and somebody who Joel Quenville coached in Chicago, and that's Brian Campbell. They're very similar type players, puck puck rushing, offensive minded. Um, maybe Quenville gets him to sort of buy in more defensively, but yeah, that that'll be costly. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, I also have Drew Doughty on here, even though that's a contract that seems impossible to move. But um, I've just I've heard that they're trying to figure out a way to do it, and I, that's all I've really heard. You know, I put Florida on there at a twenty percent for him just because you know that seemed like a team that might do it. But I, at the same time, this is that that is. Ellie's going to have to eat a bunch of that contract to do that. Well, um, I mean, until until Dowdy gets traded, I, I don't know how the heck the, Toronto would pull it off, but there's always been doubt. Now, I don't know, maybe Dowdy rumors to Toronto died with with Babcock leaving because Babcock was always a big Dowdy fan, especially in, in the Olympic situations. But, yeah. you know, he, there's always been that tie there, but – they can't have four $10 million plus dollar contracts. They would have to move significant salary out, and they're not trading Marner, and they're not trading Tavares, and they're not trading Matthews. So I, I don't see that as a possibility. But teams that got room, and I don't know how much room Florida has, but you know, that's a, anything's it, possible. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, Ryan Donato is also on this list um, out of Minnesota. I think that I've heard that he's not necessarily fitting in there. Trevor Daly, of course, is a name that comes up a lot. He's uh, a rental. He's a yeah. rental, and I heard Winnipeg with him. Um, Andre, Andreas Athasaneu, I've had him on here. I've talked about him before. The Islanders, Oilers, um, and Ducks, actually, which is kind of an interesting one. Um, the Ducks and the and the Blue Jackets are two teams that could do weird things. Like they could they could be out of the playoffs and yet still trade for what appear to be rentals, knowing that they can resign them. There's, that's what I've heard. Or. And, you know, I think Yarmo Kekalainen could be the dump, the dumping area uh, because yeah. they have so much cap space. They he do. could be selling, he could be selling cap space at the deadline. I think that's a very Jack distinct Johnson, possibility. That's Jack Johnson possibility, you know, that actually, yeah. because yeah. I think that there, there, there are people in that organization that are connected to the USA hockey program who might give, be, be willing to give Jack a chance. Uh, right. And then Craig Anderson, again, like I talked about, so that's the 20 that I have on here so far. We'll get into more of that for sure. I have a couple of questions from the chat room before we get out of here real fast. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm, I've been asked a bunch of times, Mike, to, to, to ask you if you think the Islanders are still missing the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like to stick to your convictions there. Yes, 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 yes. Bite me. Yes. The Islanders and the Oilers. <laughs> are the Oilers missing the playoffs too? Yes. Oh, my. The Oilers are number one now in the NHL. You know that, right? I know. They're going to miss the playoffs. That's all right. Um, we'll find out. Uh, someone asked me what I thought of um, oh, where is this? Sorry, I gotta find this again. What I what I what I thought of of Kevin Hayes so far, and my answer is not great. I mean, to be honest, I, I really I wasn't in, I wasn't in favor of the signing when it happened. Um, he's not. I mean, obviously he's got skill and talent, but his his like compete level is all over the map, and and there's and that we kind of knew that was that's been his his MO since he came into the league. Like that's why he's bounced around. I mean, Kevin Hayes is like, that's why the Rangers weren't willing to go hard on him because it's just, you know, that's why Winnipeg let him go. And before that, where was he? He was in Chicago, right? Wasn't he in Chicago? Um, not sure. Or Kevin, we're in Boston. I'm not thinking where Kevin Hayes. No, was. no. Kevin, Kevin Hayes was signed with the Rangers. They went to Winnipeg. Right. But his first team, am I thinking of the he, other, other Chicago, Chicago, no Chicago. Oh, Chicago, right. And Chicago, he didn't sign with like, that was like a big deal. Right. That was a big, yeah, right. big problem there. So, yeah, I'm just not. I, I mean, listen, he's. I don't like. I didn't like when they threw an A on him the other night. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, he's not like a. He's not like an assistant captain on this team. Um, but you know, that's. I don't know that. 
Well, that's more Vin- that's more Vino and his familiarity with them, and yeah, uh, and, I, and I think so. that that was that was that was like his like you know wedding present basically was Kevin Hayes Vino like we're welcome to the team you can sign one guy and you want to sign you want to sign Kevin Hayes yeah so he's so he's definitely made it interesting uh, and and it kind of messed up the Flyers early on because he I was giving Kevin Hayes more ice time than I thought he deserved now I think he's giving Kevin Hayes about the right amount of ice time so it's really not as bad. Um, I really like the Morgan Frost Konechny Giroux line. I'm a big fan of that line right now. I'll just throw that out there. I think that it's 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 really invigorated Giroux a lot because he's playing with like fast guys who are skilled guys, and you can see Giroux's just loving it. And Morgan Frost has been very impressive. Like, um, just he really looks good. He he has some real skills and uh, deceptively quick shots. Like he his 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 hand speed is very, very good. Like that's that's something and his 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 release is is insane. Like and he's because he's not super fast. He doesn't look like he's gonna do things, but just his his release, he gets right. he gets a lot of shots on that that other players don't get on that. Put it that way. Like in out of out of like scrums and stuff like that, he'll get a shot on that that just sort of amazes you. So anyway, that's my thoughts on there. I think it's all time we have for today, guys. Remember we will be back again tomorrow. Uh, remember, in this in this Thanksgiving week, I guess we won't be here on Thursday or Friday, probably. So just the next three days are the only chances you can catch us. Um, go to HockeyBuzz.com. Check out the rumor chart. Go to ho- Patreon.com slash Hockey to support the podcast. That would be great. Um, and also, uh, you can follow Mike at Mike in Buffalo to follow Mike's travels throughout the greater <laughs> Niagara area today. Um, <laughs> remember, without the buzz, it is just hockey. We will talk to you tomorrow.